0: stadium is second to nine. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. We'll see how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Carolina! It's gone. Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe Gamecocks it? Gamecocks have won this
1: game! you are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Right,
0: watch him celebrate
1: now! Bill Molenek, My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. I'm Jamie Bradford. I'm
2: going you, you look like you're
0: joining Doug Diamond. All
2: right, greetings. And good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, Sinorama.com. They are located in West Columbia, South Carolina, and owned by Gamecock alumni Matt Vaughn. We are, of course, built by the Barn Barndominium Co., the Barn Co. You see the logo, if you're watching, you see the logo. On the screen, if you're listening, the com is where you can find your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. Doesn't sound true, but it is. If you live in the Carolinas in the volunteer state of Tennessee, and we'll get to some news out of that in just a second. It's breaking. Or the Peach State of Georgia, you can head to the com. We are only a couple of days away from SEC media days they will commence on monday morning in nashville tennessee and it will be a full house on our program next week as we cover that with guests from nashville mike morgan will join us twice next week as a matter of fact brad crawford and many of the other local writers around the league covering their respective programs as we of course will have plenty to cover on the gamecocks 50 days until kickoff september the 2nd in charlotte and some of the predictions are beginning to come out much like we've already done around here and predicting that college game day will more than likely settle itself outside somewhere of bank of america stadium on that saturday as south carolina and north carolina looks like it will be the premier matchup in the sport of college football saturday evening on abc jc phil and myself jb here until one o'clock in addition to all of that, we'll go over 13 questions, burning questions of SEC Media Days. We'll see if any or, well, we know a lot of these will be answered next week because there'll be media predictions, certainly, but some of our own fun questions that we'll toy around with, and we'll love to get your response as well out of the Sports chat box, and then next week we'll be able to recap all of it and see how close we all were. I did send them this morning to both of these fine gentlemen, the bald one, Mad Dog Mullenax, and the one with tons of hair, J.C. Schubert, and uh, so I've already given away my answers. I don't know what theirs are, Uh, so we'll we'll have some fun with that here in just a little bit. The breaking news, though, guys, before I kind of get you in here, is that Tennessee, and the headline seemingly by every outlet that is covering this thus far is that the Vols will not be issued a bull ban. The Vols will not be issued a bull ban. The Vols will not be issued a bull ban. Okay, so what are they getting? Apparently, according to the NCAA under Jeremy Pruitt's watch, they committed over uh-huh 200 over 200 infractions including 18 level 1 violations. They have been slapped with a $8 million fine that is due to the NCAA. That is the financial impact that the school would have faced if it had missed the postseason during the 23 and 24 seasons. They also prescribed the legislated fine of oh, $5,000, however, that is plus the 3% of the football program's budget and a fine to address the ineligible competition in the 2020 tax TaxSlayer Gator Bowl game. Here is the rest. I'm not going to read it all word for word because it is a lot, and I don't want this show to just be all of mine. They will be on probation for five years. There will be a reduction in football scholarships by a total of 28 during the term of probation including at least two scholarships each year so they can't just do like none this year and all 28 next year they've got to have a minimum of two every single year during the five years of probation probation tennessee previously self-imposed and credited with 16 scholarship reductions from the 21 22 and 22 23 academic years a reduction in football official visits by a total of 36 during the term of probation that includes a reduction of at least four per year as well Tennessee shall prohibit official visits in connection with a total of 10 regular season home games four of which must be against SEC opponents Uh, there are some other self-imposed things that have already happened as well what really sticks out with this is the eight million dollar fine And it looks like the NCAA is going more, J.C., Phil, y'all, correct me if I'm wrong here. In the past, we've seen players and coaches who had nothing to do with previous staffs or previous uh, rosters who screwed up. They would be the ones who'd be penalized later for the mistakes made prior to them being on campus. It looks like the NCAA is beginning to take a little bit more of a turn towards stiffer financial penalties. Uh, to uh, not uh, punish people who don't deserve to be punished. So, with that said, welcome, gentlemen. Want to make sure we got that news in
1: here at the top of the program.
0: Hey, yeah, good morning. I love that.
1: You're going to vacate, you know, what, 16 of Pruitt's uh, wins, all 16 wins, Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah. <laughs> Tennessee.
3: Oh, they need the <laughs> less miles. Yeah. Yeah. Hat. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, well, can you give that 2012 – can we go back in time and give that 2012 game to Carolina and uh, down there? Yeah. yeah the two-point uh, loss. <laughs> I'll take that one back, right? Um, <laughs> the hat. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it's interesting because, look, I've always been of the belief, uh, you know, no matter what the program's been, you, you know, you got to take the fan hat off. Uh, and I know everybody in the chat box and listening, and and on the the message boards, and out in Gamecock land in general, not just the diehards, would love to see Tennessee go on probation. I mean, come on, you know, you know, guy, you guys know, but well, take the fan probation. hat off. It's fun. To, well, but out of the bowl picture, you know, post season oh, ineligible. You mean a ban? Yeah, yeah. A ban. Yeah, they get banned for a year or two because. Uh, That's the kind of thing that really hurts your program. And and I think the rules are stated these days. If you do get a bowl ban, uh, just like with Penn State, what happened to that? It's common where your kids are eligible to transfer out, you know, even if they transferred in already once. So that that could potentially be harmful. That said, I've always kind of felt like it was unfair for new coaches, new players, uh, or players that weren't involved uh, to get – punished because those are the ones and fans that weren't rogue, you know, fans that just kind of show up and give their money and and pay for seats and stuff and didn't have anything to do with it. You know, I I, I think it's fair. Those are the ones, the individuals that get punished for these situations. I mean, the, the the rogue boosters or the rogue coaches get fired or disassociated, you know? Uh, So I've always felt that way at the same time. A $5,000 fine? <laughs> I mean,
2: so, well, but, but. Well, a company now, remember, is remember? At 3%. Yeah, yeah plus yeah, yeah, 3% yeah, yeah. of their budget. Yeah, the, yeah. It, it, that's just but the story. <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: That, that's going to be a pretty penny. I mean, that, that 3% yeah. can add up in addition to the $8 million, uh, the other fine. I just kind of thought it was interesting they mentioned $5,000 in there. But yeah. look, I, you know, it's- I, I 100%. This is going to be a drop in the bucket for some of these schools. So you're, talk- uh, and then you start. They start asking if you're not going to make them vacate wins, and you're not going to make them for even if vacating wins is stupid. Even if you make them yeah, vacate wins, the it's not like here. they didn't win it. Me, well, you know, it's not yeah. like you go back and say, oh, well, they actually is, didn't win that game. That is. That's
2: let me true. be clear too. That is part of this. A vacation. Uh, a vacation. A vacation <laughs> of all records in which student athletes competed while ineligible. The uh, University of Tennessee has to provide a written report. To the NCAA, informing them of which games they won that these student athletes participated in. So, like you said, Phil, there's not a lot that they're gonna have to go through. With <laughs> so we so be right. pretty
3: simple to figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Does Carolina does but. Muschamp get the 2018? Yeah, I mean, yeah that's right. Climbing in the, the ladder, And yeah. The one the opener the next year, but yeah. Will Muschamp's <laughs> gonna be like, He's gonna have a winning record by the time this is. Yeah, the time. yeah. <laughs> I know. He's, you know he's, he's gonna want. He's gonna he's, want more money. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> i could see it this would be the ultimate and this would and i know this is a this is a funny hypothetical but it would the, the ray tanner haters would, would go nuts if there was some kind of clause in the contract that he gets paid retroactively for wins that are vacated by other schools of carolina I had to write him another check oh now, that's, that's not happening folks it's, no, don't, no, don't no, stop no. get off the phone <laughs> if you dialed dial an eight oh three seven 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 number in the last twenty seconds, hang chill up. out. Okay. You're hang sorry. up. Red
1: button. But um
3: no, I think uh, <laughs> hang uh up
1: the
3: I, I, you know, it, it's very interesting. You know, I once Tennessee kind of became proactive with it, sort of fired everybody, including Philip Fulmer, and they can say he retired, but they they put old Phil out to pasture, you know. Uh I knew I didn't think they would get a a bowl ban, Uh, and they've got a. a, And then they hired a new AD who's Danny White's tremendous. He's very smart. Um, He knows to work his way around it. They took some self inflicted penalties, and you know, away they go. They're not uh, they're not going to miss that twenty million or or whatever. Um, I I think what's going to be interesting moving forward, JB, to your point is, okay, so this is kind of the first one if they catch somebody really screwing up, which they're not really enforcing much at all right now, but if they catch somebody doing it and it's egregious and you got them dead center, what's the next fine? Could, could you have, see a school have to give up like 150 million, like give up their entire TV contract money for a year? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, could you yeah. see something like that that would have sort of a, it would have a pandemic style devastating impact on an entire athletic you know, that could have some teeth, in my opinion.
0: You yeah, know, I uh, mean, that's the way yeah, to I'm really hurt I'm not sure this has a lot of
3: teeth, you know.
1: Yeah, programs. But this could be the start, JC, of, you know, a shift in the way that penalties are handed out. Because money's where, you know, it hurts. Uh, you saw the SEC do the same thing with, you know, starting to increase penalties for things like f- field storming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit them in the pocketbook. That's... You know, hey, it's just like everybody else. You want to hurt somebody the worst, hit them in the pocketbook. Well, but, and, and you, I mean, still eight million. That's it,
2: not, it is. Not well, a well lot if you UT. if you add up if you add up too, Phil, like let's let's I'm going to ballpark this because I know it's going to be right in the area. But let's say that their uh, their football r- budget, their overall budget for football is 150 million dollars, or their 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 athletics budget. I should say. Let me make sure that I'm clear on this here. The three percent of the football program budget. So, um, if the, it wouldn't, that, that would be the athletic department wide. So let's, let's say that it's, let's say that it's half of that. Let's say that it's $75 million. So you're, you're talking about probably another two and a half million. So they're probably spending over $10 million in fines. Um, and, and I'd really have to kind of hamper down and, Jason, you'd be able to come up with this a little bit better th- th- than I would, just understanding the recruiting calendar. But, um, but um, c- to your point just a second ago, Phil, th- th- you've got like he- here's some language in here: a reduction in football unofficial visits, unofficial, right, by a total of unofficial, forty, okay. yeah. by a, a total of forty weeks during the term of probation. That includes at least six weeks per year. Uh, so it's f you're talking about five years. Hmm. So yeah. some years we're going to have six, some are gonna have more, but Tennessee also shall prohibit unofficial visits in connection with <sighs> ten regular season games four in the SEC, meaning that there are going to be 10 weeks where they Ooh. cannot bring unofficial visitors to campus. Mm. Now that does have some teeth.
3: That yeah, it, I it, didn't realize. The unofficially, okay. that's that's hmm, that does have some teeth. All right. Now here he what also has teeth. NIL money. Damn, we
2: can't get him on campus. Somebody get this guy a $30,000 deal, and let's just try to buy him out from underneath whomever else is going to be in the ballpark.
3: So <laughs> you can't keep him from sitting and buying his own luxury box, you know? Right. You? Exactly. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, you know, I, you, you can't uno- you can't – I guess you can't technically have him on campus with an unofficial visit. Well. If they get caught, you're busted, but –
3: I, I think it just takes them, it takes them off the sidelines. You can't give them tick, discount tickets and, right. you know, all that good stuff. They can come to the games. It, it'll be similar to when, like, before they changed the rules and allowed schools to have unofficial visitors at neutral site games, um, which, by the way, you know, South Carolina will have a lot of visitors at that North Carolina game in Charlotte. But uh, sure. it, it the, the kids just used to kind of get together, and get their own tickets and show up. You just can't have them on the sidelines. Right. Which, which but, but having them on the sidelines, guys—that that's in recruiting. That's not something when you're talking about like seniors that, that that's you know really overly important. What, what what the sidelines and unofficial visits during games do is it really sets the table for underclassmen. Uh, and you watch you know, a lot of these kids that South Carolina has committed early in this class, and the guys that are really really interested. They all came to games last year. Many of them came to A and M, Tennessee, uh, those atmospheres. Uh, the, the opener was a big atmosphere, and and it really <clears throat> prevents you from, I guess, laying groundwork with a lot of underclass. So it could have a residual effect on Tennessee uh, down the road. Now they do have they're swimming in nil money. They're the most probably one of the most organized nil operations uh, across the board in the country. I mean, they could, but in fairness. When all this was going on with Pruitt, they kind of looked around and said, well, what are we going to do? And, and they, they just kind of focused on this before anybody else did. They were out in front, um, and kudos to them. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting because, you know, NIL is important. Uh, it, only, it only does go so far, though, because as much money as Tennessee has, there's other schools with with equal resources, and if you don't expose younger players to your program and other schools do it's kind of hard for them to kind of get interested and this is something that's going to last a few years so that's yeah. to me jamie that has teeth now that i think about it that's that's probably in the grand scheme of things that could be worse than a bull ban if they start to struggle to get traction uh with recruits because of the the lack of ability to um to have them on campus
2: well and even more of the fine print here a total reduction in evaluation days of 120 during the term of probation which again is five years and you've got a total 28 week ban on recruiting communications during the term of probation as well that includes at least three weeks per year to add that up to 28 that also includes a week each in december and in january and one week from march through june uh, those are weeks that are generally open for evaluation for college football programs. Tennessee will have to take that week off. They can't do it. I think, I think something else, too, that's um, – and I'd like to see this more and more. I'm glad – I don't think I've ever seen this before if you all have chime in here. But this is something if you – it's never going to stop it. Um, but if you're going to continue to impose penalties for misconduct – Something like this is probably something that you need to continue to do to be proactive. Each year of the probation term, an external group shall conduct a compliance review of the football program outside of the university with an emphasis on recruiting operations. Each year of the probation term, Tennessee shall, and this is going to be a pain in the you-know-what, but they're going to have to do it, shall host an annual mandatory compliance seminar with an emphasis on recruiting for all football staff. That includes the part-timers. So they're going to have to sleepwalk their way through this thing like, yeah, okay, we don't do this, that, and the other. Staff from either the NCAA's national office or the SEC has to be in attendance to monitor as well. So they're kind of – they've stuck them with the money. They've stuck them with the visits. They've stuck them with the scholarships. They have lost 28 scholarships, and Tennessee previously imposed 16 of their own. So they're they're at 28, and that's a big deal too. Of course, NIL money will clear up the rest of it. But now they're also sticking them with the boring crap, you know, like University 101, right? We all remember our freshman year of college where you're in there, and they're basically teaching you how to sit straight in class and don't drink and all these other things, and you're like, oh, my God, how how much longer is this going to go? That's what they're going to have to go through for five years. Um, So – that's the luck to him.
1: Yeah, that is a bit more toothy than I the, had initially heard it. Well, say that. I, I
2: was disappointed with the national media. The only thing that they jumped on was the no bowl ban. Okay, fine. So they're not banned from a bowl, but there is actually a you're talking about ten plus million dollars in fines in in re- recruiting.
3: That's and a, yeah, the
1: recruiting, recruiting, yeah,
3: yeah, that they did. Now that you, 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 we got to the nitty-gritty, JB, that's that is going to be a – I mean, because that that basically freezes their recruiting operations uh, on a lot of days while their uh, competitors are able to do whatever the hell they want. Right. Uh, and that matters. I mean, yeah. at Neyland Stadium, when it's rocking and that campus and, and Rocky Top and all that stuff, that's a selling point for them. You know, and, and they also don't necessarily have, uh, you know, a bunch of folks, uh, great players right there in East Tennessee in their backyard. I mean, we've all been there.
1: Yep. We, of I times. mean, yeah.
3: has Pigeon Forge ever had a five-star? You know, I <laughs> no. know. Well, I think I and mean, you yeah. compound
1: that, JC, as you said, like with them expanding their footprint, and, you know, yes. regaining hate- that brand nationally, because, I mean, it's not, these aren't mm. going to affect the guys from, you know, 100 miles around who, you know, go up to Gatlinburg every once in a while and may catch a UT <laughs> game. These are going to catch yeah. the, the big ones from out west, you know, that aren't going to have but a extremely limited opportunity to come in on an official or something like that. And yeah. you're not going to be able to swing them twice. <laughs>
3: And, or unofficially, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Nashville is a growing p- talent pocket within the state. I mean, they, they recruit Atlanta just like everybody else. And uh, I mean, all over, but uh, it, without the unofficial visits, you know, you're going to, if you're a young man and his family, are you going to, because of the distance? I mean, I'll, I'll drive three and a half hours. If you feed me a $5 buffet and I get some, some complimentary tickets. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause that's what happens on unofficial visits. Man. uh they're set up pretty nice i mean you know you do kind of wink wink hey put five dollars in the bucket and have some ice cream or you know whatever but it's a it's a swanky deal right unofficially it's a great way to watch a game uh now you're driving three and a half hours you got to buy tickets that are a hundred dollars each and you got to sit up there with in that stadium which uh if you're a little large you know even if you wear like a medium and have broad shoulders you ain't fitting up there, dude. You don't. You and don't these have to be large. These are big football players. Yeah, big yeah. football players <laughs> tend to have big families, you know. So they're gonna yeah. squeeze their butts up there in the stands beside Billy Bob and Lula Jean and with the orange overalls on and yell Rocky Top. No, nah, you really. Don't, you really. Yeah. The, if you grew up a diehard Tennessee fan, yeah. But you know, I'm just saying, and I'd say the same thing about going to Carolina for a game like that or Georgia anywhere. Going mm-hmm. to a game is a labor of love. Uh, as a fan, you know, going to a game on a business trip, when you're considering playing there and you're just sitting up at the stands and Josh Heibel was like, Hey, how you doing? Hey, dude. Hey, what's up? Hey buddy. Hey coach. You know, right. That ain't, that ain't going to work. So I, you know, that JB, I'm glad you read that to me, man. Cause that kind of got my brain going this fine Friday morning. And uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's significant. Yeah. and the head, the headlines was put no bowl. Ban, well, whatever, yeah. But- let me, you got to look if, into that.
2: If you're watching or listening to this program and you happen to see, like, again, a, a, a tweet I just read from Dennis Dodd, biggest win of 23 for the Vols, no postseason sanction for the NCAA, everything else is just details. That is such a misleading tweet. It's ridiculous. I mean, this well, is also okay. coming from another national media guy who's like, cancel all the bowl games. So what the hell do you care? That it's it. There is teeth in this. Now, Tennessee apparently was very cooperative. That's at least what we're told. And uh, and so they say that the NCAA went light on them. I don't know that they actually did go that light on them. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that if you – next week we're going to hear more about this from Josh Heupel. And I think that Josh Heupel will be able to restate a little bit more in, from a coach's understanding what's coming over the next few years. And uh, if he lays it out in layman's terms, then people are going to understand that Not while they didn't get the bomb dropped on them, uh, Tennessee also – you know they they're, they're going to have a, a much more difficult time continuing to take the steps
3: that they want to take to be back to 1998 Tennessee. Yeah, it's just a logistical yeah, people that say that I'm surprised but you know man Dennis I like Dennis and he, yeah, he works I'm, for I'm us gonna, but I'm but dude it. I'll tell you it's it's uh, there's some things you know he and others have said lately probably really since the pandemic that I've just been like uh, it's but, it's uh, I don't even read it anymore. It, it, anyway, anyway yeah, out. I mean uh, he actually did say one time that Shane Beamer's not going to have the recruiting chops that Brian Harsin at Auburn would. Mm. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I, I digress. I'm not going to digress on that. Yeah. I'm going to say well, this uh, again. Yeah. You, you don't know anything about recruiting and the de- – unless you read – and you didn't read the details, obviously. But you don't know anything about recruiting. If You, or, or, or you don't know the, the, the process of recruiting. If you if you didn't look at those details like you just laid out for me, JB, and go, wow, that's that's a. Leg- I mean, like I said, it freezes your operation. Recruiting is an ever evolving, like nowadays, three hundred sixty five day a year machine. You're shutting your machine. You're shutting down your plant over here at Chrysler, while uh, Chevrolet's pumping out cars from the line, baby. You know, I mean, it, it's it. That's that's tough. That's very very tough. I, I know. um uh, next time I talk to Taylor Edwards or we talk to Taylor Edwards on the show, we'll probably get his take on it because that, that would be like yep. he's in charge of all that right now. And, and I bet it would make his job very, very difficult. Very, very difficult.
2: We need to step aside. We will get into our discussion of SEC Media Days. It kicks off on Monday when we return. Cocky Joe, I don't know if you can see it that well or not right there. Eastern Shore Custom, Custom Clubs, that's the hat you're – Asking about it's my buddy's company um, up in Delaware. These are custom hats. I, I can't tell you how to get one because you, you can't get one unless you go in there and <laughs> let him fix your swing. Um, but um, I appreciate you acknowledging it, and I'll wear it more often now that I know that somebody out there likes it. When we get back, which coach will have the most boring appearance at SEC Media Days next week, <laughs> and which coach will have the most contentious appearance at sec media days also which coach is just happiest to be there because didn't it seem like a couple of years ago when shane walked up there for the first time he was a guy who i'm just happy to be here is there another one of those type guys this year i have a guess
3: who that might be and i think i mean that, yeah it easy. may not be who you think easy
2: easy go mm-hmm. so ahead we'll happy
3: to be here
2: And we'll find (laughs) out.
3: We'll
2: get uh, mine, Schubert, and Mad Dog Mullinax's responses to this question when we return. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Dough Company. Where they can build your dream home starting as low as one hundred sixty dollars per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. Thebarndominiumco.com. the BarnDominiumCo.com. That's the BarnDominiumCo.com. The Barn Doe Company, Gamecock owned and operated.
0: Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Maness, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. See it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, the TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet in black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox.
2: You heard Evan Stone Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. Let me paint something dot com.
1: early returns in the chat box there welcome back everybody inside the gamecocks the show first hour of the show presented to you by cindy searfoss and the Coldwell banker Kane realty team here in the upstate give cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for all your upstate residential real estate needs and yeah we've got some interesting questions here so okay so yeah number one right yeah mm-hmm.
2: which coach will have the most boring appearance
1: at SEC Media Days. Now, yes. for me, there's only one correct answer here. Okay. And that would be Clark Lee. He has... <laughs> you, you mean your doppelganger? Yes. Yeah, He's got the warmth of a damn snow pea. He uh, <laughs> comes across and it's just like this... I don't know. I didn't feel any, any energy from him last year. And I feel like we're going to get the exact same thing this year. He's just going to get up there and do his Clark Lee thing. I mean, he's he's so vandy and uh, up one side and down the other. That, that's
4: I what know, you're good.
2: I, I I I think there's more than one correct answer here. I'm going to let JC respond last because he'll he'll talk the longest. Mine is Billy Napier. I get bored out of my mind listening to Billy Napier talk. <laughs> so I'm going with with old what are they calling? Sunbelt Billy? Is oh,
1: Sunbelt that? Billy. That's a good number two for me though. Yeah, definitely my runner up there. All right? JC
3: I'm oh. the coach of the Florida Gators.
1: Is that yeah. who you got?
3: <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to say that because oh. Mike and I talked about Forrest Gump for 15 minutes yesterday uh, on JC and Morgan. By the way, that's live. You can listen to it. Aaron Murray's our guest, and all that. So shameless plug there. But uh, I, you know, Napier is a great choice. It'd probably be like. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Mark Stoops. Uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Like Mark right. Stoops is sneaky, interesting. Like occasionally, he'll throw a dart like like he did at Shane last year right. with, yep. the, with the one on one interview. Uh, and, and he's a lot more engaging then. but he, he, you know, he just he's been there a while. This is like what is probably his 12th SEC Media Days or so. Uh, everybody is familiar with this program by now, they respect it. Uh, everybody knows Devin Leary's there, Dane Key's there, whatever. Uh, it's, it's Kentucky football, you know, um, and and they're. They win, and they win by getting you in their spider web, as my friend Josh Pate says, and wearing you down. It's not the most exciting, <laughs> you know. It's not the days of the Tim Couch, uh, How Mummy you know, Greatest Show on Turf days, uh, but it's effective. And a lot of times, those types of programs, when there's no controversy or, and and your roster's kind of settled and all that, yeah, you know, there's just not a lot, not a lot of questions. Okay, coach, uh, you're looking forward to. Are you guys gonna go seven and? six this year or nine and four or, or six and seven. You know, that's, that's basically spin the wheel of Kentucky football and throw a dart, and you, you'll you be right most of the time. So uh, I'm going to go with Mark Stoops on that. And, and I I would say Zach Arnett, but, mm. you know, sometimes new coaches that we in the SEC are not familiar with come in and try to make a statement early. So um I'll i go I, with – I'll go with, uh, with Stoopsy. Shoot. So we're all a little – we're all a little different. See, I – Phil,
2: your brother Clark, I I like him. I like Clark Lee. I like listening. To, I don't know what it is. I know it's monotone. I'm with you, um, but I I think there's something spicy about him too because he's a Vandy guy, and yeah. I appreciate that. And I could feel that energy. It might be monotone, but I can feel it. I listen to Billy Napier talking, I and I and when he gets done, I'm, I don't really know what the hell just happened, you know. And so, <laughs> I you know, hats off to Coach Tanner prior to Shane Beamer in South Carolina or else the last couple of years we've uh, Yeah, I'm not sure what he said yesterday. But, yeah, I, 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 I that's just – I'll be bored to death when Billy Napier takes the stand unless he does something to unbore the rest of us. Which one of these next coaches might? Which coach will have the most contentious appearance at SEC Media Days? JC,
3: ladies first. Well, JB, shoot, yeah, nah, I'm 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 not gonna go with Kirby because I Kirby has a way of like he's yeah, just I, like Must Champ. Must Champ sometimes will I'm look the, at a media person like he wants to kill him, but he bites his tongue and kind of I don't want to say weasels his way, but talks his way through the through the hole, the, the wormhole, and gets out of it. You know, Kirby's kind of the same way. You know. You can tell he wants to just slug somebody that, that gets a question, but he'll go, "Um, well, you know, University of Georgia Bulldog, and he'll do his hair like that and just move on, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Jimbo Fisher. Okay. Why? Because I think Jimbo's going to get all these, can you and Bobby Petrino work yes. together questions? Yeah. And he, he, he did been- even tell the spring he didn't want any part of, like, even that's discussing that. He's like, that's internal. That's internal. <laughs> well, and, and, D- and DJ
2: Durkin is there too, right? Yeah, Durkin's on the difference. yeah He's going to be asked about yeah, yeah, but... the history of these guys, and he's going to have well, a, yeah. you know that's coming. Now,
3: Dur- now Durkin's. But this is Durkin's second year. But I understand. Still, that, yeah, but... you can still. Oh, I could see somebody. Oh, maybe from the AJC wrapping a narrative around <laughs> sure. Jimbo's rogue, yeah. rogue coordinators. <laughs> you know, yep. um, you all DJ Dirk, Look, look, I'm going to say this about DJ Durkin. He, he, it was just unfortunate what happened. Yeah, uh, he really, I mean, it was, it was sad what they did to him at Maryland. I, and I have no respect for Damon Evans, the AD up there. Uh, I'm I sorry, do. blind squirrel sports. I remember Damon when he was the AD at Georgia cause he's from Gainesville and I used to, I started my career there in 2002. I don't but, think the dogs uh, are
2: missing him a whole lot. He,
3: he was just a disaster and he's a disaster at Maryland, but uh, I thought it was completely unfair what they did uh, to him. So I, you know, he gets a bad rap because of what happened, but, but he's not. Now, Bobby Petrino uh, is probably morally bankrupt. I mean, I, you know, I, if you think about it, you, know, you think about the motorcycle incident and all and leaving the Falcons. We left a note in everybody's locker or, or on the, in the locker room. Hey, guys, I'm going to Thanks. Arkansas. Thanks for the memories. Uh, you, you know, I mean, he, he you are He tried to snake that. Bobby, Tommy Tuberville, uh, now Senator Tuberville. And I'm not touching anything about him on the show ever for a while. Uh, But anyway, he tried to snake Tommy Tuberville's job from him, uh, you know, when when he was at Auburn, you know. So Bobby Petrino is very, very interesting character as it is. But I I think Jimbo's done with it. I think Jimbo's just, you know, and you can already see him starting to crack. And, you know, those are the questions he's going to get. So um, I'm going to go with Jimbo
1: Fisher. I am of accord on that one. I was like, hey, Jimbo, got to be. I mean, you know, because it's like, because we saw one in the spring where he's like, you know, dancing around, doesn't want to answer any of this. And you know it's just going to come at him even hot and heavier now because we're closer to the season. That's what everybody, yeah. everybody that talks about A&M this year says, can they get
3: along? Even the anonymous coach quotes in <laughs> Athlon were like, I'm wondering how they're going to get along, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> if Jimbo will just, and I'm I'm in agreement with that. That if that Jimbo would be making a tactical error if he, and Jimbo's a good play caller, man. But sometimes when you're the head coach uh, and you're not Steve Spurrier or somebody this or Josh Heibel, somebody somebody's just extremely gifted at it, and that's really why you're the head coach. Like Bobby, that's why Bobby Trino was a head coach because he called plays. Uh, you know, you probably need to give it up. I, I've never thought Jimbo Fisher was an elite play caller. I thought he was maybe like top ten type of guy. Uh, you know, and and coaches Nick Saban. Thought he was the best ever, but uh I, you know, is he as good as Lane Kiffin? There's another guy that has a job because of play calling. Uh Bobby, he'd be dumb to sit there and meddle with Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino, say what you want okay. about him. That I watched the Arkansas Southeast he'll get on Missouri his State game
2: in Clear Town in a hurry too. Yeah, right. <laughs> It'd be and like a Bob Seger.
3: I'm out. His life is a Bob <laughs> Seger song. <laughs> Jimbo, <laughs> roll me of, it up. Roll me away. Where's that Watch gal
2: me. that works in the recruiting department? Tell her to get on the Harley. We're hey, out of yo, here.
3: Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, you're me kind of all stuff. that
1: with you know just the the underperformance that they have been putting together and that cloud hanging over him too. I just think because it, yeah. it you got to figure every question Jimbo's going to get is going to be you know negatively slanted. <laughs> yeah, probably. Look, I'll say
3: this. I'll well, say this mostly, too. Yeah. Like, like I was, I was, I was saying, I watched the Missouri State Arkansas game last year. It was the week after Arkansas yeah. played Carolina, Carolina had trouble at times moving the football, and Missouri State was up seventeen nothing. Petrino was just carving them up mm-hmm. with an FCS team. A guy can so that's how ball
2: plays now.
3: When he just calls ball plays, that dude is good. Now, personality of you know, you talk about him and Steve Spurrier. So two opposite ends of the personality and probably the morality stick there too. Uh, what? But, I mean, Jimbo, Jimbo just Jimbo just needs to leave him the hell alone. Let him run the offense, call the play, stand on the sidelines on the headset. If you want to hold the play sheet in your hand, little Jimbo, and pretend like you're calling plays, that's fine, buddy. Pat him on the head and go. And you bet at a A&M, And M's not run by normal people. You bet at a And sure. That's, that's <laughs> some guy in a, in a big ten gallon cowboy hat with his boots propped up on the desk, and he's got Aggie stuff all behind him. Oh, uh, come on in, Jimbo. Uh, we're going to hire Bobby Petrino to call the plays, and we just assume if you'd like to still be the head coach of the Aggies, uh, just stay out of it, okay? All right, good talk. yee Yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw.
2: All right, while I understand where both of you are coming from, I disagree. <gasps> I think the most contentious coach is going to be Nick Saban. And let me tell you why. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because a lot of the questions he's going to receive are not going to be about the University of Alabama.
1: (laughs) That's true. They're going to be
2: about LSU. (laughs) They're going to be about Georgia. They're going to be about gambling. They're going to be about expansion. They're going to be about Texas. They're going to be about Oklahoma. They're going to be about Texas themselves coming to town and having Steve Sarkeesian bringing his Longhorns back to where he once called plays. And at some point in time, he is going to say, I've had enough. I want to talk about my football team. (laughs) And I, it's going to go from there. (laughs) He might throw the Coke bottle. So I'm going, (sighs) I just don't think you can discount Saban for having his moment, just when you feel like right, Georgia won the national championship. LSU, and we'll get to this in a little while, is more than has a great chance at being picked to not only win the West, but there's going to be some there's going to be some people out there who think they're going to sneak up and win the whole deal. Okay, we know that's coming. Uh, it, it's almost like people are trying to slide Bama back into the. The, you know, 1B group of the Whoa. SEC, upper second tier, and he ain't going to like that. He ain't going to like it. So I I predict at some point in time, someone's going to get a good talking to from Nick Saban or the whole room will based on one question. So I'm going with the greatest ever do it, Nick Saban, outside of Lord Dabo, of course. All right, final one in this segment, and then we'll hit a quick timeout. What coach will be the, quote, Happiest to be there. Oh, this is great, man! I'm just, I'm just thrilled to be mm. here, guys. I'm just
3: thrilled to be here. I'm Who is it? I'm Jc. I'm gonna go with Hugh Freeze. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, we're I mean, all together dude. on this one. Okay. Yeah, we're well, I mean, <laughs> that dude. After he got run out of Old Miss, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> and you could tell whenever you'd see an interview with him, you know, and and, and look, Nick Saban wanted to hire him as an analyst and. It, it, it was such a, a, a sticky deal with the league office. They told Lord Saban, no, you know, Sankey told, Saban, mean, you don't really uh, get, um, <laughs> you don't tell Nick Saban, no, unless it's egregious. And so, and you could tell whenever they interviewed him, man, he's, he's like that, that lost, uh, that dude whose friends left him behind. Uh, and he's just kind of looking around going, oh, where's my friends? You know, Uh look, Hugh Freeze was portrayed in an Academy Award-winning movie. He's well, somebody. I'm somebody. Dang it!
2: Yeah. I was but a he, child star. Yeah, but you know his th- 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 this tone is he's not going to talk about the past at all. Uh uh-huh. uh Because he's, he's back in the game. He's, he's already back in the
3: game, yeah. baby.
2: Yeah. He's he's I'm like, a, oh, I, I'm like, a believer. Thank God. Liberty, you know, he's going to talk about Jesus, which is fine with me because I'm a, I'm a Christian and I'm a believer. Yeah,
3: it, it, but it, it, it how the Lord's blessed him. And, you know where it's going. And it, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. that, that Bible verse about God will restore all things. And, right, uh, and then he'll probably up end up <laughs> getting, getting on his knees backstage and kissing Lane Skiffin square swear the booty Easy. for not taking that Auburn job, you know. Because although that would have opened Ole Miss, there's no way the hell Ole Miss is hiring him back, you know. Uh, and I always thought when Hugh got out and got back in the game at Liberty, I was like, Auburn will it, Auburn or Tennessee will end up hiring him. And I was shocked Tennessee didn't hire him, uh, you know, because he's he's from Memphis. I was too, yeah. I was shocked, but I was like, mm, is not gonna last. Uh, and then but then Auburn, honestly, I mean, they went after Kiffin first. I mean, Kiffin. Hubert Freeze was the the number two choice, but I was like, hmm, uh, this is the school that hired Bruce Pearl, I didn't even think twice about it. And this is this is football, which they care about a whole hell of a lot more. Uh, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna hire Hugh Freeze. They're, I mean, you know, and and look, man, I, I think, I think what Hugh Freeze did at Ole Miss, uh, I think there was a lot that went on. Uh, but I think there's a lot that goes on unreported a lot of places. And I think we're in a new era where he's not going to have to do that that kind of stuff. And, um, and I think, you know, say what you want about him maybe being hypocritical or whatever. I I do think he's a good, good, good man. And I think uh, he's a good football coach and uh, deserves a second chance. Now things go down, go south at Auburn, then see you later, Hugh Freeze. But I think he's going to just have a, a big old grin on his face and maybe he'll be happy.
0: He'll be oh, we're going to talk a little
2: bit
1: more than likely. About no, that. I we'll mean, yeah, we those. all agree on that one, man. That's the least yeah. interesting question animals. on the board here. And that we're all, all like, nah, you please no, and I know there's an argument is, for Zach Garnett, but I think there's going to be a certain solemnity and yes. weight that gets carried with that for him, that yeah. he internally may be the happiest to be there. Uh, but you can't show that. Not this year. Next he'll, year,
2: maybe. He'll probably carry the most honor in there. I, there's no doubt yeah, in yeah. my mind, mm-hmm. Zach Arnett, the first words out of his mouth will more than likely be in honoring Mike Leach, and I'm sure that okay. the SEC itself will actually be honoring uh, Mike Leach next week in some way, shape, or form as well. All right, let's get our final timeout of our number one. When we return, which there's only five quarterbacks attending SEC media days this year. Which of those five will be the most highly sought after amongst the media? Uh, Basically, who who do they want to talk to the most? Which program will be the most overhyped? And which program will be the most underhyped next week in Nashville? Hang tight. We are painted garnet and black by a couple of painters in South Carolina and in Georgia. Let me paint something dot com. If you need it painted at your home, fence, deck, indoor, outdoor. Cat, dog, kid, whatever it is, Tristan's team is the best, and they have the best prices in the whole state of South Carolina and the whole state of Georgia. Let me paint something.com. We'll be right back. Columbia, and go Gamecocks! If you're in the real estate market in the Lowcountry or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to Coast Realty SC is where you can find our staff and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks.
3: Coach Joe here and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm good. Coach O, signing off. Endless summer, go tiger.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
1: Oh, welcome back, everybody! Welcome back, everybody! Final segment of the first hour inside the Gamecocks. The show. Oh, so, all right, switch let's, gears. let's
2: switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Gonna, we're like we're going to be out of
1: time in about yeah. six minutes,
2: and those two questions are going to we're going to have to go back and forth. And I know JC, his answer alone will take five minutes. So then, Phil, you and I oh. will have to squeeze in two answers into one, and we can't do that. <laughs> all right, so we'll we'll switch gears to these, and then we'll come back to. Who will be the most overhyped and underhyped in media days next week? I, I, I'm I'm assuming we're all going to agree on this. But I'll ask it. Who will be picked? We all. Well, I'm going to answer for everybody on this. We all know Georgia's going to be picked to win the East. We're all agreement on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who will yeah. be picked to win the West?
3: <sighs> I... I think LSU, uh, just because, you know, and depending on how many, uh, pseudo Alabama blogs got, uh, credentialed for this, this thing, because there are some that do. Uh, but, uh, I, 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 think the media just judging from kind of the chatter, uh, LSU will be picked. It'll be closer than people think, but LSU will be picked.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I agree. Yeah.
2: I, I, I agree too. I think that, um, I think it's going to be pretty close. I I think there's just going to be – I mean, LSU won it last year. But I'm with you. I think LSU will be picked to win the West. I think we all probably agree on this as well, who will be picked to win the league. It's hard for me to fathom that LSU is going to be picked to win the league over Georgia. Would you all agree with that? But how? I actually think that might be a little bit closer than people think. I think LSU is the flavor of college football coming into the year. Now, whether it pans out that way, I don't know. But
3: would you agree with that? Like, it's it's going to be tighter than just oh, it's Georgia. LSU is going to take a step forward on defense this year. I don't think they were quite as like good on defense as we're accustomed to them being. Uh, and I think they, you know, some of their younger players are going to have another year, and they may get back to it. And keep in mind, with Jaden Daniels a quarterback. This bunch put 30 on Georgia. I don't know what it is about Mercedes-Benz and Georgia's defense uh, in those last – I mean, they played three games in that stadium last year, shut Oregon completely down, but then LSU scored some on them, and even though they blew them out, and then uh, Ohio State let them up. But um, I – you know, that offense can can take another step. It would be lethal, and, and, you know, that that would be – if I'm I'm looking at that game, you know, my question would be – are we going to see Georgia as dominant on defense as they have been? Or are they just going to merely be, you know, uh, instead of a top three defense, maybe like a top 20? Uh, and, and, and would that allow LSU to move the ball? But I, I still think – I think it's Georgia's – it's Georgia's world until it's not. Yeah, I'm with and you. So I think though. I think they would. Good. Yeah. I, uh, there's a
2: our, – our man, the squirrel here, asked a question – do y'all not think? Um, do y'all not think Tennessee could present a problem for my dogs in in Knoxville? The answer to that question, I think, is an absolute yes. And my 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 reasoning for that is because of where the game is being played in uh, the schedule. It's the second yeah, to last the time of, of the year. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. November the eighteenth. I
3: mean, yeah, we talk all the time about Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, Maggie Valley because yeah, we all like going there. And it's you know, look, it's a little on the cool side. Uh, yeah. up in Knoxville that late in the season well and, and uh, Joe, Joe Milton having 10 games under his belt like if they had to play yeah, that game like belt, the third yeah. week of the season that I'll uh, either be, feel either be about Miller, or it'll be the freshman and, yeah. if, and if it's the freshman he will have had games under his belt that's a that's a weird week on the schedule to play that game Tennessee Georgia is usually earlier um but of course you know Tennessee Carolina is usually earlier and it was that week so yeah that's a I think the SEC scheduling department kind of said, "Hey, that'd be, wouldn't that be cool if that were for the East?" And you know, maybe it won't be, but uh, that's that's a that's a tough spot on the schedule for it. I, I if I were if I were a Georgia fan, I'm going to be a little bit weird about Auburn because that rivalry has been so one sided toward Georgia, and it used to not be. And you and they got a new coach, and you know, and they're capable. Uh, they don't have as much talent as Georgia, not even close. But it's down there. If you want, if you see that an upset, maybe that's it, and I, and that Tennessee game, both those games.
2: Well, just and we'll, we'll hit the timeout here. Anybody, either one of you, without looking, either one of you know who Tennessee plays the week before Georgia without looking. Is it a A M M?
0: No,
1: Wofford.
2: Big well, blue collar, middle class, middle of yes. the Kentucky. Mm -mm. On the road. On the road. At at Missouri. Uh, Talk about trap game. Because the week before, they've got UConn. So they're going to steamroll right through them. And then the dogs (laughs) are coming up in two weeks. So I'm
4: just saying. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big believer
3: in Missouri, but just saying. Uh, And you do talk about battling the elements. Uh, Missouri, by that time of year, it gets cold. Yeah. Because their climate's a little, I mean, even, you know, I know at least it's a little, I said a little cool in Knoxville. Missouri is basically in the upper or the central Midwest. I mean, it's not, you know, it gets really cold there uh, yeah. in the winter. Trust me. It's only six and a half hours. Which,
2: by the way, that Missouri game, although they will have played UConn the week prior in Nealon, I'm talking about the Vols here. Mm-hmm. Before that, they're on the road at Kentucky, on the road at Alabama. That will be the third, the third consecutive SEC game that they've played on the road.
3: Yeah, I'm just it, saying, uh, just that game yeah. may end up being like a noon kickoff on ESPNU yeah. or something. Yeah.
1: But, uh, <laughs> and that's the game
3: you lose. You, yeah, you, yeah. You, here in Columbia, Missouri.
1: Yeah, hey, careful. Yeah, that's, a, that's that is tricky, JB. That's that's a good point. Yeah, that's uh, interesting because you got to figure if Tennessee, you know, let's see, Tennessee, Tennessee you know, their business, but drop the Alabama game. You're heading into that, that Georgia, the Georgia, Georgia, and their business undefeated. You feel the pressure at that point. Oh, I mean, you're already feeling it's like, okay, guys, all we got to do is win the next, and then we're in, you know, because you got yeah. the head-to-head at that point. If you can take out Georgia, even with a loss to Alabama, you win the East. Yeah. Tennessee I, with
3: the other ones. Tennessee. Uh, we, and then
1: you got yeah, Vanderbilt after that, but. <laughs>
2: it's it's hard to predict anybody <laughs> to have, at Georgia. Yeah. I'm not at this point. I'm with J.C. No. Yeah. I'm never going to predict anybody to beat Georgia until they just stun the world or the college football world, and it happens. But I will say this about the Vols. They open the season with Virginia, Austin Peay at Florida, and UTSA. You got to feel good about them going 4-0, although they have not won in the swamp since so 2003, 20 years. They haven't won in the swamp in 20 years. But if they do that, and they're better than Florida, if they're 4-0, how good of a season Tennessee has, especially compared to last year. Okay, you know the balls are back. They're potential playoff contenders. They're where they should be. It's all going to be decided in the next four weeks. South Carolina, A and M at Bama, at Kentucky. They get through that at three and one. The sky is the limit. If they don't, then you know it, it could four. be a nine and three, eight and four.
3: <laughs> let's go to let's go to Tampa. Uh, no, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'll point this out about Tennessee, Missouri, though. Josh Heupel, the beginning of the the bloodbath with his offense was in Columbia, Missouri, his first year, sixty two twenty four. Yeah. Last yeah. year it was a it was a touchdown game. I went outside to get a beer. I walked right back around the corner, and it's like you know, seventeen point game. point game. You know, and they ended up winning sixty nine. <laughs> oh, huh. And that was the week before they played Carolina. And that's that's why I think we were all like, ah, they're gonna get Carolina's butt. A sixty-nine, twenty-four. So I put 60, uh, 62 and then almost seventy on, on old Eli. That's
2: a hundred and thirty-one oh, points.
3: They <laughs> oh just score it well. They're still oh, they just scored another touchdown against Missouri.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not a Tennessee guy, but I'll just say this: they can score seventy on Missouri every time they play them. and everybody I, else I, can too. If that's what gets them I out think, of them.
3: <laughs> and it, I think. And talking about Florida, we've had enough. It, it, yeah, it's going to take. Florida winning on, on Tennessee's defense break, just just being terrible. Uh, breakdowns on special teams, and then Joe Milton having a turnover fest in the swamp. I think for Florida to hang with them, now, I think this is the yeah. year they go down and finally finally get that W. I'm, I'm with you, and, and I don't and, make well, shoot. Problem. I'm gonna be mad if they yeah. beat us in the
1: swamp. Tennessee should never beat us in the swamp, Billy.
3: We are you know, powered. By... Be
1: comments after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You, know, you know, there'll Especially... be a little something leak out that, you yeah. know, we'll all yeah. just kind of smile and nod. Especially if Hyper goes in there, hangs 50 the on
2: them, then calls it the Evolves Fun and Gun or something like yeah. that. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> all right. We're powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com to power you. You can be anywhere, you don't have to be in the Low Country. It's too damn hot outside to be walking around actually pedaling the thing. Get one with a motor. Put a beer on it. Get where you got to go. From the mountains to the coast. Com. When we return in the final hour, the most overhyped and underhyped programs next week at Media Days. Where will the Gamecocks be picked? Will any major news break? And what is the topic of the week? Plus, I have two questions that I did not put on y'all's one-cheater. There'll be surprise questions for the both of you.
3: I love surprises. You're going to have
2: to freak out about it during the break. I promise you, you're going to have no clue where this is coming from. Hang tight, everybody. It's Friday on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
4: In MLS two 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 nine LO MLS one seven seven two one eight two
1: A
3: good-looking
1: chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's a glorious uh, game. That's uh, a, a good-looking chicken. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, second hour of the show for Friday. About yeah. to wrap it up. Where do we want yeah. to jump right back into the list, or we want to talk yeah, about the uh, I'm having news, fun. Or, yeah, no. this is fun. I like it.
2: Well, yeah. The, yeah. I, I always have fun. We, we will have fun around extra, here and uh, leave fun. the leave the drama for your mama is what I was once told. I never extra that. extra fun
3: today. I'm just having extra yeah. fun. Oh, my goodness.
2: Super <laughs> stuff. We were, we were going to do this in the last segment, but we got a little bit overextended with Tennessee's violations in the first, so we got a little bit backed up. Which program, guys, will be the most overhyped program next week at SEC Media Days? So and you can take that however you want it via predictions or
1: via media coverage or whatever it may be. Oh, I think I was in agreement with you on this one. You're with what you talking about with me or Jason? Yeah, I think I was trying to, I'm trying to look at your answers here to see if I am. Oh. Yeah. Cause I, I went back and forth with this. I was like, I did too. I'm, uh, who, I'm going, who? I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm, 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 I'm going, I'm going with Missouri. I agree with you. I think Missouri will be way overhyped. Yep. Who are you going to say, who are you going back and forth with? I was going back and forth with – I think the hype for LSU might be a little okay. much. Now, I'm not saying they can't live up to it, but I think when we come out of this thing, we're going to be like, whew, a lot of damn purple <laughs> this week <laughs> coming yeah. out of Nashville, yeah, I, you know? <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I thought about picking LSU. I, I did because it feels right. It, look, th- this is a team – that yes, they won the West, and because they beat out by virtue of a one-point win on a two-point conversion against Alabama at home, they did lose by two touchdowns to Texas A&M at the end. They, they, they I said they played good on offense against Georgia, but they. Bottom line is, they lost gave by twenty. They gave up half a hundred. Uh, their defensive improvement has to to factor, and it could all be down the drain, the hype, if they get tattooed by the Knowles in the opener on Sunday. Which, by the way, I'll be watching from Charlotte. <laughs> uh, so I almost went with LSU, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a different direction. I'm gonna go with Ole Miss. Uh, and I and, and here's the deal. I, I think sometimes you, you think Ole Miss smartest, is over
2: o- overhyped.
3: Uh, we'll be overhyped because you're you're sort of looking if if you're picking the West, you're like okay, Alabama, LSU, number one and two, and then everybody's got a bunch of questions, you know. Is yeah, how is Bobby? Our Bobby Petrino and Jim No Fish going to get along. That's AM. Uh, Hugh Freeze in his first year, Auburn's going to be better. How much better? Arkansas sort of slid at the end of last year, you know. Yeah. It, we'll get, you know,
2: get to them in a minute. Trendy yeah.
3: Last year, they do have I mean, KJ Jefferson back. Speaking of what I think is a little overhyped, but that's sure. okay. Yep. I'm, um, yeah. you know, they got KJ Jefferson back, but that's all right. Uh, I Mississippi State's got a new coach and, and a new style of play. So, so I think the media will, will go. Oh, well, hey, Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss—they got three good quarterbacks, and, and Quinshaw Judkins coming back, and Lane's a great play caller. But look at Ole Miss's results last year. You know, Arkansas slid, but the Rebels slid quite a bit too. They lost them, they lost the Egg Bowl. You know, they um they and I think too at, at that particular program, even Hugh Freeze. I think it was his. Was this is his last year. Or second, uh, dip back to five and seven. Um, you know, I, I and I, I think Lane's done a good job of being consistently good at Ole Miss. I mean, they're not great, but they're good. Um, but I, this may be the year they do take a dip, uh, in, and because I think the media will gravitate toward picking them behind Alabama and LSU uh, for that reason, I think they'll probably they may be a little overhyped.
2: Let me ask you this on the topic of Ole Miss, JC. Do you think that there is a better than average chance that they lose in week two at Tulane? Because I think a lot of people have forgotten that Tulane actually played in the Sugar Bowl last year against Southern Cal. You know damn well that if anybody in that area is a Greenway fan, they're going to be at the game in week two against the Ole Miss Rebels. Is there a better than average chance that they could go on the road and without even would that be an upset? I guess it would technically. Be a bunch
3: be. of a bunch of Ole Miss fans down there. Mm-hmm. Think of Archie. Think of do it for Archie. Do, Archie. I'll what, do even,
2: it for Archie. And I tell you what, even to even to double up on that, not to extend this for two, we got plenty of questions to get to here. But the following week, the Rebels welcome Georgia Tech to town, and I don't think that they should have any trouble with them, but if you Maybe go on the road just, and get, uh, yeah. get beat by Tulane, you know, and then they got to go to Bama by the way, and then LSU. So whoo,
3: <laughs> might, like, might not want to yeah, lose. It, one 3 lane. I, I, I'm going to be a Homer here and, and, and say, uh, I wonder what the defense of Tulane is going to look like with, without uh, Travion Robertson. And it, 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 did Chris Hampton go to Oregon? Did I read there. that right? Uh, the other, yeah, well, that's what I guy. was told. Yeah. I, Or did that just not? Was that supposed to happen? It didn't work out. So I'm going to Google that real quick and say, "What's Tulay's defense going to look like without the game?" Yep, he's at Oregon. Yep, he's there. Yeah. Yep. So both both Gamecocks are gone, Mm -hmm. and uh, Hampton's out at Oregon.
2: defensive coordinator Chris Hampton.
1: Hopefully,
3: they both. Yeah. And he's so outstanding. Outstanding. well, how bad did that, knows, that Tulane roster humbling.
1: get gutted at last year? Was that a like a, a upper class on team? I don't know. I can't speak. No, they're it, picked,
3: yeah. I think, Phil, to 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 because the American also lost those four schools and got new ones. I, I think they're picked yeah. to be top top two or three in that league. Um you know, I think it's fortunate for Tulane. They don't play at the Superdome anymore. They have their own old campus stadium. It's it's about the size of Ole missis. I'm sorry, I always kind of beat up Ole Miss, but there's somebody told me one time their stadium looks like a 5A high school in Alabama, and that's the truth. It's a great atmosphere, but anyway, Miss, uh, yeah, yeah and, and, you know, Ole Miss is going to bring some fans, but uh, to, you know, it's a great. They time. They can't to be
2: lose a, that game. No, yeah,
3: it's a great time <laughs> to be, and, and but Willie Fritz, man, I mean, they beat Southern Cal, the yeah. mighty Trojans, in the Cotton Bowl, and,
2: and they scored 52 they points. Yeah, yeah, yeah they in, beat in great them. I great fashion. Mean, so, mm-hmm.
3: And Ole Miss is under underline Lane Kiffin. I don't know that they're ever going to be elite on defense. So I, you know, we'll see. What happened see. to the shark? The land Sharks?
2: What happened to the land sharks? I thought they <laughs> that was, was my deal.
3: We have the wild they, boys land shark defense. They Shut up. they the,
2: the begin if they cannot get beat by two by Tulane, they can't do it. If they do, they ain't going to Bama and
3: winning. I don't think so. And they're not going to beat LSU. They're not going to Bama and win it anyway. I mean, right. I, so I don't know. But no, but if you look at it from an old miss standpoint, JB, you're absolutely correct. It's like, you know, don't lose that two-lane game. That's kind of like that East Carolina road game. That. The game I said a couple of years ago. I was like, don't lose that one. You know, you could and you could. Don't lose it. And thankfully, thank you, Juju McDowell and Zeb Noland and and uh, Parker <sighs> to White. Carry on joiner? Yeah.
2: For catching he a is. pass in the back of the end zone, yeah. Once again to carry you. on
3: saves today. Thanks gotcha. to everyone involved. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating the entire organization except except the offensive coordinator that day because he should have known to run outside zone before the fourth quarter.
2: Why would you? All right, we're not doing that. All right, <laughs> Phil. Who who is your most problem. over
1: overhyped team in the league? Missouri, right? With me. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing okay. with Missouri. I think a lot of people are just – people love to talk up I, I drink know. wits and that program. Like, they are coming, you know, it's like they've got the pieces coming back now. They've done well in the portal. They've done this. They've done that. And it just – I mean, it's middle of the road every year since, of course, they first came into the league. <laughs> Look, I, 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 think, I think this is
2: how <laughs> – I think this is how flimsy the beginning of the season is for Missouri. I, they've got South Dakota – um, Rick Stockstill's Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee State. Hats off to him, by the way. I, I, I just want to mention, I'm a Middle Tennessee State fan now because so many former Gamecocks have been there. Coach Stockstill, uh, Coach Toman, now Jerry Myers is up there as the baseball coach. So go Blue Raiders. I, I, I have a lot of respect for that, that program. But So they've got those two to open. But, guys, then they have Kansas State, who, if I'm not mistaken, won 10 games last year. They do have them at home. And then they also have Memphis. And then they have to go to Vanderbilt. And I'm not one who – well, I guess I'll talk to you, Phil. I'm not one who is just the believer that – and I said this last year before the season started on Bill Gunner's show in the morning. I thought Vanderbilt would win a couple of games in the SEC, and they did. And I think that they'll do that again this year, if not three. I, I I like the way that Clark Lee has uh, handled his role as head coach of the Commodores. I think he's doing the things that it takes to win games at Vanderbilt. Just based on what I've seen, there's some similarities how Bobby Johnson did things, you know, 15 years ago or so, and before um, before Coach Franklin got to school there and kind of extended that and took it up a notch. So, but but with all that said, you you would. First glance, knowing what we've known historically about college football, right? Knowing what we've known historically about the teams that are in those first five weeks—South Dakota, Middle Tennessee State, Kansas State, Memphis, and Vanderbilt—you do think Missouri could be five and zero? And I'm not saying that they won't be five and zero; they could be. I'm not predicting that, but I think that, that there's—they certainly could. I also think they could be two and three. Like that's how. That thin that line is, I think, for the Tigers, and I think that a lot of the people next week will cross that line. I think they'll probably give them through those first five weeks a great chance at being five and zero, if not four and one, maybe with a loss against Kansas State. And then you look down the schedule, and they've beaten South Carolina four straight times. Um, you've got Arkansas. You've got a Florida team that's down. Uh, you've got to go to Kentucky. There, no one's going to pick them to beat Georgia on the road. No one's going to pick them to beat LSU, and probably no one's going to pick them more than likely to beat Tennessee. Although I rolled out why they could earlier because of where the game lies. So I just think that there's going to be a bunch of people thinking Missouri goes seven and five or eight and four this year. I think that that's going to be a reality. The reality is, though, in the last four years, Missouri's not been better than six and six, and I don't think they they will be better than six and six this year. So I think they'll be overhyped.
1: No, and I think, and that's why I, I, you know, said, you know, Drink might be, his seat might be getting a little warm because after that Vanderbilt game, let's, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see why they can't go 5 and 0, but you could legitimately finish your season 1 and 6 after that. Yeah. And that's going to hurt. <laughs> that's yeah, going to sting. So that I, hype, I think, carries into the season, and then their dreams just get crushed after, you know, well, basically starting in October.
2: Hey, guys, I, I will say this, though. They're going to win one of their four home SEC games. They're yeah. going to win one of them. If not, may, 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 they might win two. I think they'll win one. But their home slate in the SEC is Missouri fans, if they're alive, are looking at this going, oh, my God, we've got LSU, we've got South Carolina, we got Tennessee, and we've got Florida all coming to town. That's that's a hell of a home schedule for a program like Missouri, and 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 I was just joking just a minute ago, you know, but about them being alive because sometimes you don't know if they are or not. The the, the home games at noon in Columbia, Missouri, are it's like you don't even hear anybody, but at night, much like everywhere else, it's it's a little rowdy. All right, Uh, which program will be the most underhyped team in the SEC next week, Phil Mad Dog?
1: As boring as it is, I kind of agreed with you on this pick, too. <laughs> to not have Bill, do debate. I need to send you my notes yeah. every day? Yeah. No, I mean, I was sitting there looking at these, and I even did it to where I was like, all right, I'm going in clean. I'm just going to look at the questions. I'm not going to look at the answers. <laughs> and then yeah, I was I, like, on these two, I was like, yeah, you know what? I I kind of agree with that. Um, what? Why nope, do I you like agree? Auburn here. Yeah, I, I do. I think, too. I think Hugh Freeze is going to bring – is, is going to turn that program around not to where they're competing for the top of the West or anything, but let's say similar to Shane Beamer did here at South Carolina and that they're going to overperform. And I, I think it is perfectly reasonable for people to think that they won't uh, heading into the season, but that they're going to, they're going to screw around and win a couple of games that they're not supposed to.
2: I, I think that there are going to be and J C your your uh, your your uh, oh man I didn't even see the church reference is fantastic cross eyed cricket oh Auburn. yeah uh, <laughs> didn't that for you I, buddy
3: thank you I appreciate you you know
2: what I might crank that up when I get off here I, I think that Auburn is the most underhyped team next week too I I anticipate them being picked if not dead last in the West uh, second to last um, and I don't agree with that. I think that um, – I'm with you. I, I Actually, you said it very well, and I went and looked at all the schedules, and I've looked at a ton of information over the last week or so on all 14 teams in the league. And I, I do think that Auburn is going to lose a game they're not supposed to lose in year one under Hugh Freeze. I also think they're going to win a game that they're not supposed to win in year one under Hugh Freeze. And I think that they'll win their share of toss-ups as the year goes along under their new head football coach. You look at UMass, you look at Cal, you look at Samford, you look at New Mexico State. Those are their non-conference games. They're better than all of them, and they realistically should be 4-0 in those games. So you're talking about having to win two games in the league, and their schedule, I think, helps them to do that because they do go to Vanderbilt. They have both Ole Miss and Mississippi State at home. They go to Arkansas, and we hinted at this earlier. I don't think Arkansas is going to be as good this year. And then outside of that, they've got AM, Georgia, and LSU, and they're not going to beat any of them, and they also have Bama. They won't win that game either. But there are enough opportunities for them to get to six, if not maybe even seven wins in year one under Hugh Freeze, and I think they'll do it.
3: It's going to be interesting. That game at Cal, uh, which is a – boy, I'd, I'd give anything to, to be at the Auburn tailgate in Berkeley. And to get their reaction, they are they going to let them to, to that atmosphere? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey man, I you can wear- smoke that. weed out here, but you can't drink. Wait, what? Yeah, they're wearing no masks. Grilling. You know, still out. They're still wearing masks in Berkeley, but uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. They call it the Strawberry Canyons, and Cal, Cal actually redid their. It's kind of a historic football stadium, uh, kind of down in a bowl or whatever. Uh, Berkeley's the land that Tom forgot, though. I think things just uh, they got to 1968. And we're like. Well, let's just keep rolling, you know. Leave right, uh, but but that's interesting. You know, Cal Cal's got a pretty a really good coach, I think, and it, it's a tough job. Uh, a very and it's even tougher now with 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 what goes on out in California. But uh, that's gonna be interesting. You, you you lose that one, and anything can happen on the West Coast. You know, I remember UCLA beat a very good Tennessee team one year, and UCLA finished four and eight, but. You know, you win that when you beat Sanford as expected. You go to A&M. What if guys A&M in the battle of NIL loses at Miami, and they're they're reeling already and grumbling. And, and Auburn historically has done pretty well in College Station. I think I think they've only lost like one game out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you. So what if they're four zero with Georgia coming to town, and they could be. Uh, I think overall, big picture, Hugh Freeze needs to get to like where he got year one at Ole Miss, and that, I remember that year because they were terrible the year before. It they got to the Birmingham six. Bowl and won it, and had thirty thousand in the stands there, and that facilitated. He needs, he needs a year kind of like that, maybe a little better, uh, but I, I don't think they're the, going to be the most underhyped team. That wasn't that wasn't my pick.
2: Oh, okay. Um, well, you you just spent five minutes talking about ours, so so I who's know. yours?
3: I, I, uh, <laughs> under height, uh I'll have to go with Florida.
2: Now that's um, interesting. Okay.
3: Because I think, I think, whereas, you know, you say Auburn's going to be picked pretty low. I think that's more of a function of, well, who do you pick above them? I mean, who do you pick below them? Because all these other programs are on pretty solid footing uh, and, 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 you know, Auburn did finish good last year, I thought, but uh, I think Florida, and it's just because I think you're actually going to see people pick Florida last in the East. (laughs) And, and
2: over uh, behind 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 Vandy, behind Vandy really? Missouri
3: and everybody else. I, I don't. I don't. I, don't, know. I, I think. I think. Well, gonna, look, I, I think if if that happens bit. next
2: week, you realize they're going to
3: fire Napier before the
2: season starts <laughs> for, for the pick. <laughs> they're not no, going to listen to
3: that crap for five well, weeks. Well, here is the thing, though. A lot of they lost a lot of guys, right? And they've recruited well, and they hit the portal and all that. It's not just the quarterback situation that everybody points to with, with losing Anthony Richardson, who. I don't think it was very good in, ter- in terms of impacting wins and losses. Anyway, he helped them beat Utah helped well, them kind of stay in it against Tennessee and Georgia, but you know, and then obviously they beat the Gamecocks, but I, I, their defense lost a lot of good players. And did they, you know, and in Gainesville, the word I've been getting is that they're, they internally, while they're talking about the quarterback outside internally, they're worried about the defense again. And they weren't except for against Carolina. They weren't good on defense last year. So, <laughs> uh I think every i think, and I think people start it's so i think they'll be picked last, and then what I think will happen is they will struggle kind of early and you know it a reality will sit in or whatever and then because when you're building a program uh, you can use that to you know a, a you know about the second half of the season, whether that's a quarterback change, whether that's playing more freshmen, Florida's gonna kind of put it together they always have speed they always have athletes they're always gonna be dangerous, you know they're not. You know, they're not – even in their worst years, they're not helpless. Uh, and so I think they'll be a dangerous team down the stretch and maybe even sneak into a bowl. Um, but but I think just the, the, the drama of Florida being picked way low in the East, which I think will happen, uh, will be a whole lot more negative than per, perhaps the end result uh, for the Gators in
2: 2023. I uh, You know who their quarterback is, right? Graham Mertz, uh huh, and and all right. So let me ask you this question. I'm not trying to. You, you might be right. This isn't really an argument. I'm just. I'm just wanting to pick the brilliant mind of my my dearest friend, J C Sherbert. Here, w- what do you think after their first six games that their record is going to be? Utah the on the road, McNeese, Tennessee, Charlotte at Kentucky, and Vandy.
3: Well, I think they'll beat Vandy. Uh, I just, uh, well, what it, uh, are they going to beat any the, of those other teams? <laughs> they lost to Vandy last year. But uh, wait, 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 wait. they're going to beat Vandy,
2: but they're, but people think they're going to, but you think they're going to be picked to finish last.
3: Yeah. But I mean, Vandy, I think, can win some other games. I mean, people need to watch out for Vandy. They got a good quarterback. I mean, keep in mind, they all, Vandy also beat Kentucky last year. So, like, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me to see Vandy beat Kentucky and Missouri. Uh, I, I, I would say South Carolina, but I, I, I just, hope so. Them coming to Columbia. Literally, I'm, just, I'm pulling for Vandy to do that. No. <laughs> to, to beat um, the Gamecocks. No, no, no. No, no, no. I, no, 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 but, but no, I think Owen. Well, you no, know, it it they could in
1: be 2-2. Two, two,
3: two, They're 2-2. Two two. Two. I'll three say three. this about K- Kentucky and Florida. You can see it get, year to year when UK plays the Gators. Stoops is almost about to go on a run against them like he did Carolina because it's the same script every year and Florida never, you know, reacts <laughs> and, and adjusts. Um, and, you know, he followed the same plan two years ago that he did in, in Gainesville this past year to win. And then they got to go back up there. So I, I think he sort of figured them out. Um, so, yeah, you could be sitting on. Oh, and two in the league, plus a loss to Utah, two and three with Vandy come down three and three. Uh, and then they're at Carolina before the bye week. So three and four. 'd hope um and then so, so then you got Georgia you know after a bye week my my thing is they regroup some of the younger players that are very talented starting to play more they 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 give Georgia a little bit of a because they gave Georgia a little bit of a game last year they give Georgia a little more of a game they come back they beat Arkansas's butt in the swamp they go to LSU and play them off their feet they go to Missouri and beat the crap out of them and then probably upset Florida State in the and then that next year when the Gamecocks don't have to play Florida anymore, they'll be good. <laughs> but uh, talk, talk, and I, and I'll share a little scoop. Talking to someone inside the program yesterday, this staff, like when they look at the games this year, and, and obviously they're going to take one game at a time, but the broad sense is, you know, two they don't want to lose at all, Florida at home and at Missouri. They have to beat Missouri. So there's a little scoop there. But I, I think Florida will be somewhat underhyped in an unconventional way.
2: Florida at home. You mean t- for South Carolina? No,
3: no. But well, as far as you're, important games are Oh, you're talking, about, you're talking
2: about the game you're talking about the game cops. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought yeah, you were yeah. talking about Florida. Gotcha. No, no. Okay. See I, inter- no
3: inside the game got cop program. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that, they don't well, really that's, circle games. Isn't but that if, kind if there of were does? two to circle, yeah. circle those.
2: Fair enough. I'll I'll be I'm I'm circling with you, coach you yeah, right. well, shoot All right. Cir-
3: circle with me. Circle with me. That ball can we are circle, uh, with me. circle with me.
2: Teed up by travelingcountryclub.com. The Plunder on Police plays this weekend. If you learned about that from our show and you win, and you win $12,000, we get 20% and we can't wait to uh we can't wait to recover those funds. So, best of luck to you. If you just want to play golf, I'm a member of this club. It's an honor to be a member of this club. We're honored to be partners with Michael Manis and his team and what they do here in the Carolinas. TravelingCountryClub.com If you're a golfer and you're not involved in this, I, I, I would venture a guess that you're, you're doing golf the wrong way. Get off your home course and go play. 45 courses to play between North and South Carolina. TravelingCountryClub.com It is so, so worth it, man. And um, we really appreciate all of you who have joined over the last few months which quarterback will be talked about the most next week where will the gamecocks be picked and more including two bonus questions these two gurus don't know about hang tight inside the gamecocks the show built by the barndo co we'll be right back golfers and wannabe golfers former gamecock golfer meredith taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the midlands of south carolina
3: Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
1: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
3: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Hey JC and Phil, if you want a
2: solution to your IT problems, give heritage digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one price solution that will get you running right. Call 699 three-six nine nine-1001 or or HeritageDigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them stone
0: City. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels.
2: <laughs> Magnum, Volatric, Invented Bikes, and more and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show.
0: trust let the fight to Jostie! You let the <laughs> let fight the <laughs>
2: About the most next week at SEC All right, let's see We get to see him, him next week mm-hmm. Yeah I, As Phil and JC as much as I would like to say That Spencer Rattler Will be the most highly sought after quarterback I don't think that he will be And And let me tell you why Let me tell you why Number one I I, I do think that there are Some people who just It's You know it's South Carolina if he was playing at Alabama or Georgia, oh, good God. Okay. Here's the most important reason. They go on Thursday. That's why. Uh, they go on Thursday. So I think I'm that the quarterback dead, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the quarterback that will be the most highly sought after next week will be Jaden Daniels at LSU. Because
3: they go on. I'm, with, yeah, I'm right. going with Rattler still. Because I, I think it works in reverse. With, uh, and I'm talking national guys. I mean, if, if are we talking about volume of exposure? Or are we talking about number of reporters gathered, uh, claustrophobically around the table? Yeah, I, I you know I our boy. You know, tell our boy problem, David Collins will get the first question. Oh yeah, come on! No, he should. Spencer, yeah, Spencer, Spencer, Spence. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> I, I love that guy. <laughs> I haven't seen you since last them. week. Yeah, yeah he, he sees
2: <laughs> the best man.
3: Long time no they, see, man. You
2: think it's <laughs> Rattler, JC, and Phil?
3: I think it's Rattler because I think the story of Rattler. If you if you're just if you're putting my as much as I've ranting about journalism, putting my former journalist hat on today, uh, you know, and, and you but most of these guys are how many transfers uh, quarterbacks are there coming to media days? Milton's a transfer, Daniels a transfer. None are as intriguing as the Spencer Rattler story. Um, yeah, so Will Rogers, K.J. Jefferson are not transfers, but the other three no. are. Um, There's only five. Going now, do I think Rattler – I mean, I think the first – I think Jefferson and <clears throat> some of these other guys will be voted first, second team all SEC preseason. But the Rattler story is so intriguing because, look, struggled, got benched at OU, came to Carolina. First ten games – great moments of flashes of brilliance, but overall, you know, if you think about South Carolina through those first eight or 10, that was kind of, I hate to say on offense, Marshawn Lloyd's team. I mean, you know, uh, Lynn Lloyd got hurt. uh, And then Rattler goes off completely off. And we all know why, I mean, or a big reason why. And so you look at it and you're like, well, here's a guy that probably after that Florida game, people had left for dead <laughs> and, mm-hmm. What a resurrection! And, and he played really well in the bowl game too, and made some plays. Um, and so, and here's a guy who people were talking about just a few years ago being the number one pick of the draft two years ago. So, to me, that's a hell of a story of a guy who's who's had a roller coaster ride, but who you know charted his path to redemption at the end of last year. Now, I agree with J, uh, JB. If he were at the University of Florida there'd probably be more attention, you know, but I, I do think, I think Rattler as far as a, he is a story. I mean, obviously Joe Milton finally being a, a, an entrenched starter with high expectations is a story in and of itself, but you know, and Rogers and they all have stories, but I, I think Rattler is the most intriguing one just because uh, of the roller coaster that, that he's uh, he's been on.
1: Yeah, I I agree with JC here. I think even though it is later in the week, and I did consider that, but I think you kind of have that working in your favor, too, because, you know, now you you put together, you get to ask him a few questions that you can conform, you know, you can, you can write this narrative that will get you a nice long article for Friday.
3: Yeah, about that, <laughs> <but> about that <laughs> yeah. time, you're, you're out
1: of things to write about. Yeah, you know, there's, so yeah, yeah like, oh, all got. There's yeah. There's what you're going to say, yeah. And then the other side of it is you got the addition of Oklahoma and Texas coming into the league. So now Mm -hmm. you get to talk about Oklahoma with him in a legitimate fashion on two fronts where you also were denied the ability to do so last year to talk to him at all uh, in this kind of setting. So I just think that kind of plays up to where he's going to be an extremely highly sought-after player. And, I mean, besides that, who – he's probably the top player to talk to on that day as well.
2: Oh yeah. And you know what? He, he is a, he is a, um, he's a hell of an interview. He's a, he's a smooth operator. He knows how to do it. Um, he's had everything in the book thrown at him and, um, so, all right, well, I I hope you're right. I really do. I hope y'all are right. Uh, here, by the way, we'll have a cheers and a shot to maybe somehow at the end of the year, uh, it'll be Oklahoma and Brent Venables versus South Carolina and Spencer Rattler in a bowl game somewhere before he heads off to the uh, to the NFL draft. Oh, All wouldn't right, that'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> who will be picked to finish dead last in the league? I, I, I think we've we've hit on a lot of this already. In the fact that more than likely, Florida, Vanderbilt, probably Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Auburn. I would say those are the five teams that are going to receive the least amount of votes overall by media members. Um, remember the most votes is where you kind of fall in line is for the voting next week. Who will be, who will receive the least amount of votes, which would mean finish basically dead last had they not had divisions this year. My, uh, my money is on, uh, Vanderbilt. Agreed. I just think it's a get- media tradition. I don't think that nobody, I don't think anybody's going to think twice about it. I just don't think anybody's going to pick them to do anything.
3: It's like picking Georgia first because yeah. – uh, Yeah,
2: I, I just – yeah, I think it's a know, foregone conclusion it, it, for them.
3: it is what it is until it isn't. Uh, I'm going to go with Vandy as well, but, I mean, Missouri, even though they could – see, there, there's that program again. They could Wait. be the most overhyped team, or they could also be picked dead last. <laughs> no, I don't see uh, that. Uh, I or uh, I think I think I think they're going to send a message and pick Florida down toward the bottom. But uh, I, another one is Mississippi State. Um, yeah, yeah. I like Zach Arnett. I think that you know when you look at the leech era, there they did win a lot of games because of the, the defense, not so much the pirate. But you're that that is a Will Rogers is a the the perfect fit for the air raid and you're putting them in the app state offense, a lot of play action, a lot of wide zone. Uh, it's still a great offense, but, but it, it, it's fundamentally different. And my question would be, are you kneecapping yourself by doing that? And, and I think Mississippi state actually go the other direction and have a lot of close, low scoring games Mm -hmm. this next year, you know? So we'll see, but that, that would be Missouri and Mississippi state. If they do pick somebody dead last would be, um, probably my my dark horses there
2: all right yeah. final one in this segment here and then we'll move on and again I still have these two bonus ones for you so that, that we'll finish with some some uh, some sp- it'll be pretty funny it'll be more funny than anything in our final segment of the week where will the Gamecocks be picked next week uh, by the way I'll, I'll just answer this one first I actually think South Carolina will be picked fourth. In the East, I think the trend is uh, people think they'll be, end up being third. I, I don't think that they'll receive enough credit by the media. I think that they'll be fourth in the East.
1: Behind what? Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky?
2: Uh, I don't know. Either Either Kentucky or Missouri, one or the other, yep.
3: Yeah, you're bullish on Missouri. I, I think I'm, – I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I am well, not i am not i you're not Yeah, We well, agreed
1: with their overhype. No, high- yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The, I'm
3: sorry. The media, yeah. I, yeah. Or what the with – the, with the, with the, Media's opinion of Mizzou is, I I can see it going that way, but I'm going to go on a limb and say, I'm going to say South Carolina, just because that Tennessee and Clemson games are, are still in people's minds. Kentucky did not have a great finish. I think in, in people's minds, they're thinking of the Music City Bowl, which was, man, they played Iowa, good Lord. And, uh, and the and you, levels had opted out. You you're know? picking them where, though? South Carolina, Kentucky, or South, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. say I'm, I'm I'm gonna say that they pick South Carolina third. If I were personally voting, I would pick South Carolina third. Um, but yeah, uh, I, think I think the media, because of everything's fresh in their mind from the end of last year, uh, I think they'll pick uh, pick the Gamecocks over the Wildcats. Could be wrong.
4: Could be wrong.
1: Yeah, this is the one where I had to like read the question. It was like and like take out where would I pick South Carolina to be? Because I agree with JC, I would pick South Carolina to be third. I would. I think the media down there will pick fourth. So I, you know, yeah, I agree with both (laughs) in principle. But I think the media are going to show love to Kentucky. Uh, I think you got the the Leary factor. The they're gonna they're gonna pound the fact that it appears as if South Carolina has zero run game. Yeah. And. Use that to bump them down a peg behind Kentucky. No, they're, they're they're going to focus yeah. on the transfers too, Phil. Yeah, that's because I, I've yeah, already yeah. seen
2: mm-hmm. this. It's from another website. It's a, it's something that competes with twenty four seven, and and that's all the guy talked about. No mention of the ones that came in. Yeah, just the fact that Gene Bell and Marshawn Lloyd and Jordan Burge were gone, and they're depleted because those three guys
1: are out the door. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's the roster narrative that was heading into this off season with South Carolina. And let's face it, I mean, with some of the quality of work that we see come out of some of these, air quote, credentialed sites is nothing more than, you know, headlines and clickbait. So that's why I think you're going to, you know, they're going to fall into a putting Kentucky ahead of South Carolina. Yeah,
2: and I think too JC and and we'll give you, you got a couple of minutes and then we got to get to break again and we'll uh we'll re- we'll get to the rest of this when we get back. But I think too um the national narrative still on Spencer Rattler is unbelievably talented, just still don't ever know what you're going to get. I don't think anybody based on their pick next week is going to be picking that uh, as a um, uh, as a representative of the job that Shane Beamer has done at Carolina or the job that he will do this year, I, I think that they're going to be picking that based on what they think the roster is. And then also the Dow. See, nobody else has spent more time than we have, not, not just us three collectively. I mean, even like Gamecock Central, the guys who've been focused on this, the Dow login situation for the last, n- nobody else is focused on that. Nobody has spent any time on it. He is a quote-unquote failed NFL offensive coordinator in the minds of the national media. And when those guys arrive next week, they have not done the research or been involved in it as we have, outside of a couple guys like Josh Pate and, and Brad Crawford and others. And so I think because of that and because of so many uncertainties, they're going to look at this and say, I just – you know what? Carolina might have a fine year at 7-5, but that's still going to put them forth. So there you go. Fair. Pretty much. Oh wow! I wasn't planning on that. Fair so, okay, enough. it is. Fair uh, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> Wait a second. I can yeah. see your
1: point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that yeah. was one where no, I really no, had to struggle. No it was like, where would I put them? Where would they put them? Where you know, it's like you got to try to gauge the room there. But yeah, yeah hey,
3: Quantrell mentions our favorite podcast, the Cover Three Podcast. Probably not my favorite way. But- uh, they, they talked like Jordan Birch and Gilbert Edmund were all conference players. Well, there's the Florida state factor with one of those guys. Yeah.
1: Sure. Is Danny
3: Connell still on that podcast? They're probably a Florida mm-hmm. state factor with two. So obviously they think Gilbert Edmund's really, really good. And I, and I think he, he will be, just fine. And then Birch was the five-star, but if you look at production, I'm going to go out on a limb and say as long as Strawn is healthy, Strawn and Jasis Gear or whoever else dot 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 South Carolina is going to be better at edge this year than they were last year. More productive, better.
1: More productive, yeah. No, I mean you know,
3: and, and I would have said I think Birch and Evan would have taken a step had they stayed. It's unfortunate sure. they left, but I, if, if right now you ask me who to, I would take the kid from Syracuse and Strong over Birch and Evan. Call me crazy.
2: Let's uh, I, uh, I'll throw it right back at you. Fair, fair.
3: There
2: you go. Fair. All right. Final break of the week. We are built by the Barn Co. When we return, will any major news break next week? What's the topic of the week? And two bonus questions for these boneheads here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Rama Studios. <laughs>
0: Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet and black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox.
2: You heard Evan Stone? Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com.
3: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sierra Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sierfoss, 864-414-5271, Wall Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs.
2: Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. Columbia, and go Gamecocks! Yeah, almost done. This, that, and the other. Will any major news break next week, guys? Yes or no?
1: I'm going to say no. no. Same. I'm going to go with no. I don't think you're going to be able to stop what they released last year.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just because I've been to this
1: event <laughs> so much in the past,
3: yeah. and last year was kind of an anomaly. I, I think, I think this year will be just a lot of blah 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 blah.
2: I think there will be something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, it's just we've we've turned the corner, and you just never – somebody out there is going to be looking to make a splash for themselves during media days, and uh, I think something will <laughs> will happen. What will the topic of the week end up being? The topic. Coaches, players, everybody's going to be asked about it. Ah,
1: this one was tough. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I, I was just up- – yeah. I was like,
1: I don't know if there's gonna be like an overarching kind of theme there, which I don't think your answer was now that I was looking at it. I was like, I don't think that's necessarily gonna be something that comes up every single day. Um I think NIL will. I think it'll be talked about a lot.
2: You know I, I think it's gambling. I really do. I, I think with what's uh the the Alabama baseball stuff and there's a couple of other sneaky stories out there that are probably going to get more traction as the season gets closer. I think that a lot of these coaches will be asked about uh, – and state laws, of course, have opened up gambling. I, I think a lot of these coaches will be asked about this, um, and um, I'm sure they're going to be preparing with their SIDs going into it.
3: I, I think that's a great pick, JB. It's a, it's a sneaky good pick, really. I, I, but I still think NIL is going to dominate the conversation just because – it's such a fractured deal even within the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma and Missouri having one law along with Arkansas. And then everybody else has another. Uh, I think you're going to hear a lot of questions about is that fair, leveling the playing field. And, and this may be another one Jimbo gets a little antsy about because A&M is the – you know Texas kind of took a measured approach. And, and so did Texas Tech uh, about – that law. They were like, well, we're still going to follow NCA guidelines, whatever. Texas A&M was like, "Yeehaw! No, we're not. <laughs> we're, we're, this is this is Aggieland, baby. And, and they had a, they actually l- released a video uh, with Ross Bjork, who, who I like, you know, their AD just saying, no, nah, we're following our state law from right here in Texas. They had a picture of the damn governor and everybody. "Yeehaw!" You know, I was like, wow. So I, I think nil for that reason will, will still dominate, but it could end up being gambling because, like, like you said, that's one of those brewing storms that's coming. People don't understand in a lot of states where it's legal now, it's on an app. It's like Snapchat or something, yeah. or, or and then you have things like FanDuel and, and all that, that that are technically gambling. I mean, it that's going to kind of get interesting, and it could blow up this next week, JB. But uh, I'm going to stick with nil.
2: Don't worry, Quantrell. We're gonna give JC uh the, the we're gonna give JC the podium before we get out of here on that. He he was rolling <laughs> me and Phil this morning on it. All right, final <laughs> two quick bonus questions for twenty twenty three SEC Media Days. Uh Phil, I'll start with you on this one. Who will
1: have the longest opening speech? Oh goodness. Let's see. Longest opening speech. Mm-hmm. Dana. I'm, <laughs> <right? laughs> I'm going to say, oh, is it, oh, they, they, you know, who likes to hear themselves talk the most? So, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Jimbo. Jimbo. I think he's going to try to, he's going to try to get ahead of the questions that are going to get asked of him. He's going to ramble okay. and it's not going to go well. I, I, I think, I'm going go ahead. No, no, no.
3: no I, no. I want to, you first,
2: I think it's Napier. I think it's Napier. I think Napier's going to take for Oh,
1: it could be. <laughs> he did last year. Literally, I was asleep
2: yeah. ten minutes into. it. Beamer took a long time too, but he, it's. I think it's going to be Napier.
3: I think strategically, and this is the difference. If you you want to know the difference between Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, besides height and hair, which Muschamp has a beautiful mane as well. Don't get me wrong. I think Bobo probably is the only hair guy. there to losing this. But anyway. Uh I'm gonna go with Kirby Smart because unlike yeah, Muschamp, who would probably pick. give a five minute opening speech and then just look at you like dead dare you to ask. Kirby and all these all these saving guys, they they know they know how to run out the clock. So Kirby may get up there, in my opinion, to avoid a lot of these stupid all these uncomfortable questions that are come his way and spend twenty six minutes breaking yeah. down his death charts. <laughs> <He's> called <laughs> Which is genius.
2: That's called filibustering. Yeah, he, he, he,
3: I, I think that's you know George. George's got a really good media relations department and stuff, and I'm, I'm sure. I don't know. I guess Claude Felton may have retired uh, from over there, but if Claude's still there, he's like Kirby. Hey, Kirby, we need to sit down and have a little talk. And here's what you do: you filibuster. I need you, to- you go. And I have a stack of, of, of bio, here's bio the to read. Yeah. Here's the roster. Read everybody's read heights and right. weight. <laughs> Talk go, about go their weight the change from the spring. I, so I think Kirby's going to run it out. Now, I've seen him do stuff like that before. It's uh, He's not a bad press conference, you know. He, he not, not only, it doesn't say much, but uh, I, I tend to appreciate his strategy.
4: <laughs> All right, here's,
2: here's the final one as opposed to the longest who will have the shortest opening speech at sec media days. You can start JC. Go ahead.
3: I want to go with Brian Kelly.
2: I agree. Yeah. Same. All right. We all agree on that. All right.
1: Let's go. Yep. Yeah.
3: I I think Brian Brian Kelly's all business, man. I, I, Mm. you know, I I got a a lot of people are like Brian Kelly haters, especially up here. They can't, they hate him, but, uh, I love him because he's a guy that paid his dues, man. He, he coached D2 ball for 10 years, one championships. Sure. I mentioned it before, Central Michigan, What's Cincinnati, bad? Notre Dame. He deserves all – he deserves to win a national championship, you know, and people disagree because of his personality. But I I think that's just a guy that works his damn butt off and, and, and is a damn good ball coach. So he ain't got time to give a big flowery opening speech. He's got to go coach ball
1: yeah and in the absence of mike leach yeah yeah, yeah i think he will who <laughs> would have been the easiest answer well, Mike leach, rolls up there. Like, yep. well, all right what you got
2: what did he say i don't have a i don't <laughs> have anything to say i have no opening statement so who has a question okay <laughs>
1: all,
0: right. That's good. all right with all, right, all yeah.
2: of that said uh the breaking news that came out yesterday it is huge news for the acc we'll let jc entertain you as we uh head off into the sunset but um No, they won't be on Jefferson Pilot Sports. The ACC has elected to go with the CW, so hats off to them. All
3: right, so there's going to be a welcome home banner at Clemson. Oh, God. Late late in November. Y'all just get ready for it, except it's going to have Lorelei and Rory Gilmore on it. It's going to say Gilmore Girls Christmas Reunion. You know, I said this. The ACCs on Twitter is the ACCs hashtag. The ACC hashtag DCW hashtag. It's supernatural.
2: Care, <laughs> careful. Uh, Shadow of Mom's basement is going to come after us now. He well, I tell you what, my,
3: my fiance, my ex wife, and a lot of other women will too because well too, they love those shows. <laughs> yeah. I've been subjected to those shows for uh, every for twenty three years. And it's I actually year. was dis—I I call me crazy. I was actually disappointed when Gilmore Girls went off the air. I just started getting into it. <laughs> after years. So are they going to be?
2: Are they going to be showing like Jerry Springer reruns
1: at halftime, or what are they doing here? Yeah, and how and, they I mean, to this is Like, I gonna have I, I, some I, interesting just, weather delay games. You know, I mean, shows. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> what, what, if,
3: what if? What if? What if Pat Summerall had not died and just retired, and he was all of a sudden the ACC? Broadcaster for the CW is like tonight on Jerry Springer Live coming up right after. Yeah, like used to like used that's to be like right. tonight on
1: sixty right minutes. After, a after classic tonight, episode. I remember from nineteen
0: ninety eight. I mean, so, they sold uh, this
1: to Dabo by telling him every time Clemson would play, they would follow it with an episode of Andy Griffith
4: <laughs> Come on, <laughs> nah, but look
3: it. So uh, you know, it's I can just hear the conversation now. Like the, the Jim Phillips, the SEC, ACCAD, uh, he's like <laughs> the assistant comes in there. He's like, "Sir, sir, the the Big Ten and SEC are lapping us in, in, in TV revenue. Should we should we call up Jeff Bezos and take his trillion dollar offer to buy every member institution outright?" No, I no. think no. <laughs> <Yeah. back> to <laughs> the future, baby. And it's right. like, uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to get on U- old, old school UHF TV. I said, so that network with the frog? No, that's the WB. It no longer exists. We're going with the CW. <laughs> and then, so we're talking about this on it. Phil sends a picture of the, the dancing frog from the yeah. WB. <laughs> and it's moving in such a way where you could, like, put on a GIF, see.
1: L-E-M-S-
4: oh, that's S- funny. I didn't o-
1: even think about that. Did
3: M- <laughs> you see that at Death Valley or Memorial Stadium when they yeah. scored? The w- uh, Frog comes up there with the little uh, cane and top hat and is like, C-L-E-M. So, anyway, I, look, that has to be bringing in at least hundreds of thousands of dollars. For- Dude, I just want to know.
2: I just I want to know. <laughs> Like, when the guy who had to issue the press release for the league had this forwarded to his email, hey, go ahead and put this out, w- w- the deal is done, if he was like, oh, crap, we're going to get hammered for this. Like, <laughs> I, I really have to send this to every major news outlet in America? you got to be
3: kidding me. Where's the dancing frog? Dude, That's not- the WB. We can't even have that. <laughs> can't even have that.
1: he's but... gonna think we're nah, being
2: I... spammed by the ACC.
3: <laughs>
2: what is? it? Yeah. So about he's like having to check. He's like he, he sent, sent
1: four emails to double check the veracity yeah. of that one. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, 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 <laughs> can I? I, can, I can
1: I speak to your boss, please? How about his boss? Where's he? <laughs> this <laughs> can't.
3: Be so
2: we'll hey, sleep. We be him up,
0: get me someone the, while uh, I'm
3: waiting. You know.
0: That's awesome. And we're going to be competing in the same though. space
1: with, uh, you know, the Thousand Pound Sisters or whatever, who are going to start a football yeah. podcast G- after this. Hey, man, we're <laughs> stuck in this
2: TV deal to 2036. What do you think can get us through till then? Oh, I've got an idea. For the next 13 years, we should throw some games between Andy Griffith and Jerry Springer on the freaking CW. That's a brilliant, brilliant idea, Chief. Brilliant, Tom. Brilliant idea, Smythe.
3: That's great, Smythe. Good thingy. So- Somebody the ACC won't know what hit them.
1: <laughs> right. Welcome to the oh, no. show.
3: What does it say about ESPN though? Because this tells me the ACC was like, "Hey, we need some more money," and then ESPN was like, "We're all out of money." Sorry, yeah, <laughs> and, and Because and because ESPN is allowing this to happen too. I mean, yeah, I don't think they care know. about this. <laughs> like, the CW,
0: yeah. You know.
3: Wait, you're going? What? Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Nah. Next, we're gonna have have games on uh, dis- Discovery, <laughs> Cartoon Network. Thank Cartoon Network HBO. Pat Summerall tonight on the tonight on the Flintstones. Coming up
2: after Ren, coming up tonight on the Cartoon Network around nine o'clock after Ren and Stimpy. It's Boston <laughs> College.
1: That's right. It'll
3: be Boston College Pit after Random Stephanie.
1: Boston College Pit. Followed by a rousing episode of Bob's Burgers. Good <laughs> <laughs> night, everyone from Blacksburg, Virginia.
3: Bob's Burgers is next. You're yeah. right. <laughs> oh,
2: man. Oh, God. I'm glad we didn't do this at the beginning of this show. We would have.
3: No, we it would, would have derailed never, the whole thing. We, really we would have yeah. never gotten to. We would have never let this go. No. But, no, yeah. I, it was really fun today, guys. Really
1: fun. Yeah, it Great, was great stuff, as always.
2: Looking forward to next week inside the Gamecocks. The show will have plenty of coverage from Nashville for SEC Media Days. And we absolutely can't wait for that. Thanks to all of our guests this week. And most importantly, always, thanks to all of you. A major – announcement is coming soon from us soon hoping as soon as possible we're we'll let you know when it gets here but stay on your toes and tell your friends for jc and phil we're built by the barn Doko and live as always from the Cinerama studios we'll see you on monday at 11 for sec media days right here on inside the Gamecocks, the show.